SpongeBob, Shrek, The Daily Show, Sailor Moon, Boy Bands, Sports Enthusiasts, Sherlock Holmes, Barbie, Britney Spears, Hello Kitty, Jandek, Comic Books, Superheroes, Buffy. These are just some of the many, many topics I cover on my podcast, How to Stand, a show about both specific fandoms and just pop culture, internet culture, internet trends overall. Check out How to Stand in the same feed as my other podcast, 17 Karat K-Pop, wherever you get your podcasts. And I'm an independent creator, and so please spread the word about the show. There's an episode for every interest, and I really do appreciate the support spreading the word. You can also find out more info at my site, 17karatkpop.weebly.com. Thanks so much. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to How to Stand. As I was doing research for an episode all about celebrity and pop culture-based college courses, I think this kind of episode is better for a conversation with one of the actual teachers behind the course. So today, to hear more about the gist of celebrity-based classes overall, and Harry Styles specifically, what we can learn from his discography, I talked to Professor Louis D. Valencia, an associate professor of digital history at Texas State University. He also has a PhD in early and late modern European history. This class all about Harry Styles is called Harry Styles in the Cult of Celebrity, Identity, the Internet, and European Pop Culture. It starts spring 2023, and I was very excited to find out all about it. Enjoy! Would you mind just sharing a bit for people who are unfamiliar with the backstory of what this class is that you've come up with? And well, first of all, how you became a Harry Styles fan, and then second of all, how the class idea came about. Yeah, so I've been a fan of Harry since his One Direction days, so about 12 years now. Uh, When I was in grad school, I was always studying really kind of depressing things. I studied fascism and youth culture and the ways that young people change the world around them, for good or bad sometimes. And I was always just kind of looking for a way to kind of let loose, relax, have fun. And, you know, One Direction was kind of my go-to for just uh, letting my hair down and relaxing a little bit. And so I followed Harry's career since then, Um, got to see One Direction in concert uh, a few times in New York, which was awesome. And eventually, whenever COVID hit, I wasn't able to go do my regular research that I normally do in Europe. And so I was like, well, if I were 15 years old, what would I do uh, with my summer? And I was like, well, I would want to write about Harry Styles and (laughs) I would like to get a guitar. So I bought an electric guitar and started doing um, working on a book on Harry. Really, the idea for the class came out of that moment when summer 2020, then fall 2020, we were I was still online teaching. And it was like just everything on Zoom. And then when we finally did come back to in person, everyone was wearing masks. And it was really kind of hard to connect with people the way that I was used to in my classes. And I found like one of the best ways to really bridge that barrier was to talk about things that I was passionate about, things that I enjoyed. And one of those things is Harry's music. And so it became a really good starting point for great conversations, I found. Honestly, I think it was great because they got to bring their own passions to the conversations. And it, talking about Harry's music always seemed to open doors to other conversations that were really interesting about the world around us. And so the idea for the class really came from that and trying to learn how to connect with people despite the world that we're living in. Yeah, that's really interesting. I had previously on the show, I did an episode with these teachers who created a curriculum based on The Simpsons, and they were very clear that they wanted to say, you know, they weren't really teaching a class about The Simpsons. It was really, they were using The Simpsons to teach other stuff. 
do you kind of consider your class similar? Like, it's not so much a class about Harry Styles. It's a class that uses that common ground of talking about Harry Styles to, like, start talking about other things. I do think it is about Harry Styles in that it's about his art and his influences. So I think it's absolutely kind of trying to understand him as an artist and him as a actor now as well. And also trying to just think about like how art can tell us something about the world that we're living in. And I, I don't think that think of this class as like a gimmick necessarily to get people to come to my class. It's a class made for 20 students. So I hope everybody that's there is passionate to be there. But I really think that it's kind of like something that good art does generally, and maybe even just good fan culture shows us, is that you can really get a lot from series, a comic book, a music group. In all of my classes, I always rely heavily on popular culture to illustrate something about the things that we're looking at. And so I don't think that it's necessarily that I'm using Harry Styles to talk about the world, but rather I think that his art talks about the world, and that's sort of what makes it really interesting and good that's what good art does that's true yeah it's like a window into culture more broadly i'm curious with your title is what exactly that means to study digital history how that affects and plays into this class yeah, that's a great question. Um, a lot of people always ask me that. And I always say that it's basically three things. One, it's studying the digital era. And it could be any one of these things. So it doesn't have to be all these things at once, but these three things. So it's studying the digital era. It's using digital technology to communicate something about history. So this could be a podcast. This could be a website. Any number of things that historians can use to share history with the world. And then it's also using digital technology to do research. It's kind of all of those things simultaneously or individually. And I think with at least um, Harry Styles, uh, my research on Harry Styles, it depends on being able to use Internet sources and to kind of do a deep dive into using the Internet as an archive. It's presenting history through an interesting online medium. And then also it is studying the digital era. So by happenstance, this research kind of hits at all three of those things. This is what I find so interesting and what kind of my show is all about is how much fandom culture really is something worth studying. And One Direction's fans online have kind of been like historic in their digital fandom activity, I guess. They're almost like pioneering certain ways of being a fan online. So Totally. Yeah, so I'm wondering, is that kind of uh, how much the course might focus on his 1D days and how is that an area like the online activity of the fans? Is that kind of an area of focus of the class? Oh, yeah. Um, I would say about one third of the course is going to be just on One Direction alone. We look at every single album. We look at the world around it. We look at the fan culture that's used to propel them to fame from Tumblr to Twitter and fan fiction as well. So absolutely, I think that looking at the 1D days is kind of really important to understand how and why Harry has grown the way that he has. Yeah, it wouldn't have been the same at all. It'd be a totally different story without the Internet. In the class, what are the main activities, the kind of projects that students will do, the kind of skills in, you know, digital history and assignments will they have? The big assignment that we're going to be doing over the course of the semester is actually um, an eight, roughly eight part podcast series that's going to be covering everything from the early days of One Direction to the very contemporary stuff. 
And the idea of it is that students are going to have to script out a podcast, they're going to have to do research, and it's going to be a very sort of edited type of process. So kind of in the way you might listen to like an NPR story or something along those lines where they really script out all the details of interviews and backstory, students are going to be responsible for doing that and working collaboratively as a group. We're also going to have a couple of hopefully fun assignments that involve knitting, um, oh, that's so maybe cool. it, oh yeah, so we're gonna the idea at least for at least a bit of it is uh, we're gonna try to knit a class cardigan, um, <laughs> a couple of things like that. But a lot of it really is just built around the idea of how do you convey history online and through narrative. And I think that's a really challenging skill to master. I guess you would definitely understand it since you have your own podcast. It's like, it's not just kind of something you've slapped together. You have to think about it. You have to plan ahead. You have to arrange interviews, these sort of things. And so the students are really going to kind of develop those skills as well. Working with our library, we have a recording studio that they're going to be able to use. Hopefully they'll come out with a whole set of skills that they didn't have before they entered the class as well, as well as learning about Harry Styles. Yeah, I remember in college, I would go to the recording studio all the time. And it's just invaluable that time to just hone your skills on whatever project, regardless of the topic. So that's very cool. As much as I think we both understand the, how fandoms are really interesting and worth studying or just being involved with and how much they can speak to the greater society. But I think we may be in the minority on that view. And did you have to deal with like people kind of skeptical in the beginning when you first pitched this class of saying, you know, this is frivolous or was there resistance to this idea for a class? Because people tend to kind of brush aside all fandom behavior is just silly and not really worth thinking about. I will say that I was worried that would happen, but to kind of get ahead of it a little bit, I did the same process that anybody at my university has to go through to propose a brand new course, which is um, you write a proposal, it has to go through a committee of professors, in the honors college at least this is how it goes, and then they um, ask you questions about the course, and so I just made sure that I was really prepared for any sort of question that anybody would come at me with, and the proposal itself was 23 pages long. I was very thorough, we might say. And I think that was kind of how I tried to prevent it. There were questions of like, well, why Harry Styles and not um, somebody else? Um, why not Nirvana? It's like, well, I'm writing a book about Harry Styles, and this is the focus of my current research. So it's the topic that I know best. And also the only one, the only musician that I would really want to focus an entire course on myself. And that's because I'm a fan of Harry's. And so mm -hmm. I think like that's a big part of it as well as I think whenever the class announcement came, there were fans that were um, asking, well, is he a real fan? And then there were also people that were saying, well, this is frivolous. And I think it was just sort of like a moment where people were trying to figure out what my motivation is. And honestly, I think the best way to describe it is I think like any really good fan culture, it's oftentimes the way that we enter conversations and, and the world itself. And so I think once I started talking to fellow professors about it, they're like, oh, yeah, well, obviously you can study things like the Beatles to understand the 1960s. So if we wanted to understand something about our uh, modern day era, it makes perfect sense that we would look at one Direction and Harry Styles is a lens that we can do that from. There are actually kind of quite a few. I mean, it's not common, but it's not super, super rare. Other types of, there have been past times where teachers have created a course built around a certain star or a certain piece of pop culture. Did you hear about any of that or take inspiration from any other similar class? Or was this all kind of your starting from scratch template? 
I did know about the Taylor Swift class at NYU, which was sort of a short class. Um, I don't think it was a semester long. And I had heard about that. I had actually started the idea for this class. 2021 was when I started writing the proposal. I wrote it all, the proposal, during the fall of 2021 and submitted it that sort of December or January to the Honors College. And so whenever I submitted it, I had somewhere around that time, I had heard about the Taylor Swift class becoming a thing. And so I was like, okay, well, at least I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how I think about it is the more types of classes that do take seriously fan culture and the people that are really influencing the world that we're living um, in, in mass, I think the better. So I've looked at scholarship for the better part of my entire academic career. Things like Elvis Presley to Beyonce to Kendrick Lamar, you name the, you name the musician really, Bowie. So it's not like any of these things are really new. What I think is interesting is sort of the phenomenon around the immediate attention that they're getting. And I think that might be a little bit different than in the past. So while there's probably been, who knows, dozens of classes about Elvis or the Beatles or you name it, it wasn't, I think, until recently that these courses started to get real media attention. And it's probably brought on the by the internet, just because back in the day, it wasn't so easy to find out what courses were being offered at any individual university unless you went there. Right. Could someone take your general outline for your syllabus and create their own class about a different person, or is it very specific? The way that I've structured this class is that it really is built around Harry's art, whether it's the movies or the music or the music videos. And just starting with that as the point of entry and then going from there to the topics that are relevant. So whenever we're looking at his debut album, solo album, songs like Sign of the Times is a song that really lets you talk about things like gun control or gun violence. If you look at songs like Kiwi from that album, you can think about bodily autonomy. And so I think it wouldn't be that a person could adapt my syllabus to another artist, but they can look at the music and the art of any artist and think, think of this as sort of a strategy to be able to extrapolate into the broader world. What are some specific ways you think Harry Styles in particular is the ways that he is an artist does have more in-depth content and more, there's more to his music than people might think. Yeah. And I think another example that I, I have sort of in mind for the course is just thinking about the ways that women are portrayed, we'll say generally from the One Direction days through the more contemporary stuff in Harry's music. So earlier in the One Direction days, when they were so oftentimes songs not even written by the boys, you see a little bit more of, um, uh, we'll say, objectification of girls in particular in some of the really early One Direction songs. But then you see as they start to become writers themselves and musicians themselves and learn and grow as adults, you see them evolving to being some of the songs not even using gender pronouns, particularly in Harry's more recent work, whenever describing romantic affairs or what have you. So it's, I think that there are ways that the music has changed and reflects these ways that we as society are thinking differently about gender and sexuality. And I think that's a really interesting way of kind of just seeing the long evolution of how society has been changing over the last 12 years, just through the depiction of gender within the songs. This class will also touch on, and you mentioned this earlier, the movies and the music that has inspired Harry and what kind of things you're going to talk about related to them. 
Absolutely. So so one of Harry's philosophers that he's cited several times and been caught carrying books of is this guy named Alain de Bouton, who's a philosopher that has this great book called A Course on Love. And he looks at these sort of questions of love more generally. And I think it's a really interesting kind of lens to look at that type of book to understand love on tour. What does that mean? Or what does Harry talk about whenever he's singing love? Harry also reads a lot of Charles Bukowski poetry and novels by uh, Murakami and essays from people like Susan Sontag. And all of these types of people, I think, really show influence just in the ways that Harry writes his lyrics in particular. But also, I think Susan Sontag has this great essay on camp that Harry has been caught reading her book on, of essays that includes this. And it's, I think, one of those ways of thinking about, well, why does Harry choose what he chooses in his performances and in the concert spaces? And I think that there's a lot of really good ways that we can think about Harry, not just as an artist who's being influenced by musicians, which, I mean, obviously is everyone from Bowie to Fleetwood Mac to um, Little Richard and Elvis. And I mean, you go on and on, but to also think about what he reads outside of that as well. How overt or how assumed are the sources of his inspiration that you're working with? Is it just the stuff he's explicitly... I try to not speculate as much that definitely the things that he's explicitly shown or been seeing reading, because I think it's good to have that very much so there. But so say, for example, he's talked about the Richard Brodekin book in Watermelon Sugar, which was written in the 1960s. And it's kind of like a psychedelic trip. We're going to read some of that in the course. But also he's very specifically talked about how drugs influenced his writing and production of Fine Line. So it's not that it's really that much of a stretch, but I think that a lot of times some of these types of texts that are psychedelic literature or things that are a little bit more out there, they're really helpful to just have a conversation about and they're less accessible sometimes. So hopefully by putting those things in dialogue in the course, we'll really be able to get like a better sense of the influence beyond just if you were to listen to Harry's music alone. If you look at things like Joan Didion, who's another author that Harry cited, who's written about the Beatles in her book, The White Album, is also a really good way of understanding sort of how Harry thinks about music and music's relationship with the world. So very much so, I think, trying to be a course that looks at not just his art, but also the ways that his art is connected to other artists. And I think that's also really what kind of is the sort of deep cuts. Yeah. Is there anything you're hoping to not cover in the class? Like anything that is not probably part of, you know, any discussion? Are there certain limitations you're thinking about? Are you trying to ask about the Larry question without asking about the Larry question? Wow, you're really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's going to be one day that's going to be about Larry and the phenomenon around it. And really kind of the way that I'm trying to frame it is we're going to limit it to the one day and talk about sort of why do these types of discussions appear on the internet? Harry's not the first celebrity to have what um, some people would call conspiracy theories evolve around him. Everybody from Marilyn Monroe to Elvis Presley's Still Alive to James Dean's sexuality and are all sort of built around these kind of conspiracy theories and rumors. And so we'll just talk about the phenomenon, about how do these types of things come to be. And I think that that's a really actually important topic to talk about when discussing internet culture in general. So I don't want us to be talking about Harry's sexuality, but rather what people say and how this phenomenon comes to be when discussing those types of things.
So more like a sociological, detached, like observational kind of perspective on the internet and stuff. Exactly. And so like, yes, we will talk about the phenomenon. But also, I think that it's really important to respect anybody's, not just Harry's. Uh, I think it's incredibly important to respect anybody's decision to talk about their sexuality or not. Very much so we see that Harry's decided that he doesn't want to put a label on himself. And we shouldn't have to question that or expect any more than that. Yeah. Moving aside from talking about specifically the course for a second, I'm just curious how you've seen the the Harry Styles fandom at his concerts and stuff. What is it about those concerts that's so it's such a unique energy? It's I don't know how to explain it. I've been I've been there. I don't know what is it about that energy that's so unique? What is it about his the culture of a Harry Styles concert is very much a big event. I'm just curious how you've been thinking about that. Totally. That's a fantastic question. And we're actually going to have days that are just dedicated to the, the tours and the concert experience. So Harry's going to be in Austin next week, actually. So, oh, wow. um, yeah, so hopefully a lot of the students will have experienced exactly what you're talking about. I remember this past summer, I was in Manchester, my first time ever in Manchester, and I was going to go to night two of his concerts there. And I was trying to figure out, well, where do I go? And then I just saw this trail of feathers. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I'm going the right way. I'm definitely going the right way because, mm-hmm. because of everybody wearing boas and dressing up and feeling comfortable in themselves. Sometimes you see people that are modeling sort of the type of clothing that Harry's worn himself, but also... Also, a lot of times you just see people wearing things that they feel really good in, comfortable in. And I think that's a really kind of important part of his concerts. It's, I think what Harry does is he encourages self-love in the concerts very explicitly. And I think that that's part of why these concerts are such wonderful experiences for so many people is because it gives you an opportunity to really just feel maybe a little bit more comfortable in your own your own body and dance and sing and let loose a little bit. And I think they're really kind of the embodiment of what I think a lot of his fans feel when they think about Harry is that he really does exude this love, this idea of kindness, but also He's a little bit fun. He's interacting with people in what feels like an authentic, genuine way in the concerts. And I think that's a different sort of thing. I go to concerts all the time, and I can't even think of any other concert that felt so individualized and so personal the way that a Harry Styles concert feels. And I've been to several of his shows at this point in my life, and all of them feel different. The same vibe, but it also feels very personal. And I think that's one of the things that really makes makes his concert so so wonderful that's interesting it's almost like a full circle moment because you're saying how like in one direction days one direction was a good go-to to just kind of let loose and enjoy yourself and now as a soloist years later his shows are still doing that but in his own more uh honed in way i guess yeah i think that absolutely so the music of one direction a lot of it's fun it's joyous it's really interesting but then also like at the concerts, still there's I, and, and if you ever went to any One Direction concerts, those yeah. were also fun, right? Mm-hmm. There was joking on stage between the guys. That was always kind of a part of it. And what Harry's brought along with him is still that sort of sense of fun. But there's also now a sense of self-love that's really developed. And I think that it's it's not just something that Harry promotes, but I think it's something that the fans themselves have helped create. 
And I think that's an important part of this, that, that this is also fan created. When you think about sort of the role of One Direction fans and sort of publicizing queer issues back in the day, I think that's kind of where a lot of this started to get a lot of its legs. And once Harry sort of started dancing around stage with the pride flag, a lot of this type of stuff that we still see already existed in the One Direction days. He's just really amplified it and it's grown since. Yeah, so it's kind of like a, I don't know, it's almost like an amplification. Amplification requires something to already be there to amplify. You know what I mean? Right, totally. And it's the fans that bring the energy and Harry also then takes that energy and amplifies it. And then it goes back into the fans and it's this wonderful feedback loop that really is special, I think. Yeah. I have a feeling I know how you'll answer, but I have to ask anyway. Do you plan to have any special guests drop in on this course, or has anyone from Harry's team been made aware of this? Do they have any idea this class exists? I really hope that they do know about it. Nobody's reached out to me from Harry's team, but that's kind of okay in the sense that, I mean, yes, it would be really awesome to have any sort of interaction with Harry in the class. But I think that it's also one of the things that I love about this is that it's kind of a tribute from fans to fans talking about his music and art in some ways. So Harry's already in the class with us regardless. He doesn't have to be there physically, I guess. Yeah. What are the big takeaways? What are like three main things that at the end of this semester, well, I guess it's a two-part question then, because I'm also curious if you plan to do this class more than just the one semester. But then my follow-up question is, what are the three main takeaways that will leave you thinking, this class was a success, this class did what I wanted it to do, these are the takeaways these students will take with them after class is over? I do want students to get better at writing, better at producing audio content and thinking about Harry's music and art in a, a nuanced way. That's one. But I think more importantly, the other two things would be, I really hope that students really get the opportunity to bring their own knowledge to the course as well, to feel that they have something to contribute to the discourse. And I think that that's oftentimes something that a lot of times students feel like they don't have knowledge or expertise. And I want them to feel like it's totally something that they can feel comfortable with and expand upon and turn into something that they really are passionate about. And I think if that is accomplished, then it's wonderful. The biggest thing that I want, though, is and I think this is sort of why I love Harry's art in the first place is I really want students to leave the class with just a little bit of that feeling that I leave a Harry Styles concert with feeling a little bit more confident in myself, have a little bit more self-love and just really have a more pluralistic, uh, inclusive way of thinking about the world that we live in. And yes, I hope to teach it as many times as I possibly can. I wasn't sure. Like, I really wasn't sure if this would be the type of thing that would catch on. And I was really happy to see that there's such interest. We're going to have registration opening up in the next several weeks. So hopefully we'll get a lot of interesting people to come. It's interesting because it's kind of like what you were saying about the concert. Like each concert is a totally different thing in a way. And each time you teach this course, it could be a totally different class because of the people that are contributing. Absolutely. And I think that I'll probably have a lot of Harry fans. I think there'll be maybe a few people there that are, they are fans, but they don't really know much of the lore or the backstory. So new fans welcome as well. And some people might not even be fans at all. Who knows? So I think that sort of mixed bag can be good for everybody. 
Yeah, that'll make for some interesting conversations. Those are all my questions for you. Thank you so much for telling me more about this class. Is there anything else you want to say about the class or any just final thought you want to leave listeners with about Harry or your class or anything? First off, thank you for having me on. And I guess the thing that I would say is that I hope that even if you can't be in the class, once we have a podcast series going, that you might be able to join a little bit there. And so hope to make some of this available to the broader audience outside of just the 20 people who are going to be in the room with us. Oh, that's interesting. So it's a class studying the internet where the internet will get kind of an inside look at the class. Oh, yeah, we're going total meta here. I was going to say, this is really meta. (laughs) Well, that sounds very exciting. So thank you so much again. Thank you. I appreciate being on. Thanks again to Professor Louis D. Valencia. If you really like this episode and want more about Harry Styles and One Direction and boy band fandom in general, boy band culture, fandom culture, be sure to check out my episode called The Past, Present, and Future of Boy Bands, a conversation with music journalist Maria Sherman, as well as a ton of other episodes of my show before and in the future, so stay tuned and subscribe. Talk to y'all again soon. Bye, everybody.